Meet the real insurrectionists. For seven years now, we've watched a slow-moving coup hiding in plain sight. You wouldn't know me if you met me in May of 2019, as I was driving to a luncheon for Joe Biden sponsored by a big donor at one of the mansions in a wealthy pocket of Los Angeles. I'd been handpicked as an influencer after rising in the ranks of Team Hillary on social media. I'd thrown myself into politics in 2015, panicking about climate change. We have to win, I thought. By the end of 2020, just one year later, I'd have left the Democratic Party for good, been yelled at by Neera Tandon on Twitter, and lost a good many of my friends, and very nearly everything else. And now, by 2023, all I can think is that the Democrats have to lose. They have to be voted out. I've been trying to tell my story in a way that matters for three years. I have failed to convince or persuade anyone from my side. They still treat me like someone who has been radicalized online or somehow mentally incapacitated. They still see Trump as an existential threat to democracy and the grassroots movement known as MAGA as domestic extremists, white supremacists, and a threat to their way of life. The truth is, it was never democracy they wanted. Too messy. Too many dissenting viewpoints and speech they didn't like. It was totalitarianism, complete and total dominance of American culture that they wanted. To take complete control of the internet, the corporations, the universities, and now the government. Trump's win in 2016 turned our utopia into a dystopia as we walled ourselves off in a fear bunker and listened to the media tell us about the monsters that roamed the perimeter. Just make the monsters go away. They were every bad thing we deleted from our utopia, the ists and the phobes. We had to go along with every last thing that was demanded of us, from gender ideology, castrating, mutilating, and sterilizing children, to sending our kids off to school as oppressors or oppressed. I pledge allegiance to the flag wasn't a thing inside our bunker. The flag was racist because the monsters were racists. Our lawn signs signal to our neighbors that in this house we believe. Our tweets, our Instagram, our Facebook, what we ate, what we drove, how we spoke, what pronouns we used, all signal the right message to the right people. If anyone steps out of line, they are shunned, attacked, demonized, or purged. For me, it was the summer of 2020 that forced me out of the fear bunker. I packed a bag, opened the door, and decided to get to know the monsters I'd been conditioned to fear and dehumanize. Nothing I've done since then has helped to wake up anyone on the left. It's not possible to pierce their bubble because they're still locked into their social media feedback loops, which decide their shared reality. And they're still watching CNN and MSNBC. They're still reading the New York Times. They all seem to be happy fascists who can't wait until our government gets rid of the monsters. If they don't like what the Times is saying or Hollywood is producing or SNL is joking about, they'll throw a fit. They'll protest. They'll demand capitulation. But it's one thing if it's just on a cultural level. It's an entirely different thing if it becomes government policy. And so it has. What are the chances that our government and the Democrats will abandon all the power they assumed in the Trump era? Zero. 
If they somehow get rid of Trump, they'll find a new emergency, a new existential threat. It's Trump today, but it will be DeSantis tomorrow. Even an establishment stooge like Nikki Haley will get the Trump treatment eventually, if she stands in their way. No one gives up power willingly, certainly not a powerful movement like the ones the Democrats have built over the past 20 years by colonizing the internet at its inception. And as American society became dependent upon the internet, the left had one ring to rule them all. As we watch them try to jail Trump and remove his name from ballots and anticipate another election like 2020, our last hope to save America rests on the shoulders of the fractured, dysfunctional Republican Party. They are in no way prepared to take on this fight. They're still running around in circles, looking for an alternative to Trump. Don't you people get it? Are you that unaware of what has been happening for the past seven years? The GOP, if they had any spine whatsoever, would be channeling Michael Corleone right about now and saying to the Democrats and the system that supports them, you can have my answer right now. My answer is this, nothing. I don't like your kind of people. I don't like to see you come out to this clean country and oily hair, dressed up in those silk suits, you try to pass yourselves off as decent Americans. I'll do business with you, but the fact is that I despise your masquerade, the dishonest way you pose yourself, yourself and your whole fucking family. We're both part of the same hypocrisy. But never think it applies to my family. All right. Some people have to play little games. You play yours. So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. But I want you answering the money by noon tomorrow. And one more thing. Don't you contact me again, ever. From now on, you deal with Turnbull. Open the door, sir. Senator, you can have my answer now, if you like. My offer is this. Nothing. Not even the fee for the gaming license, which I would appreciate if you would put up personally. Good afternoon, gentlemen. You get no capitulation whatsoever. We agree with none of it. Trump was not a Russian asset. He was not a traitor. He was not an insurrectionist, and he is not a criminal. None of that is true, and all of it is proof of a lying, corrupt administration that has assumed power that never belonged to them. You get nothing. You do not get to do this to a former or future president. You do not get to destroy this country from within and make us look weak before the world by attacking a person a large portion of this country chose to represent them. You don't get to weaponize our DOJ. You don't get to destroy our history, our American dream, our heroes, our patriotism, our unity. You get nothing. You don't get to take Thanksgiving and the 4th of July. You don't get to take Halloween. 
You don't get to take the great movies we all grew up on and our shared experiences that made us all feel like Americans held together by a common dream. That anyone can be anything they want if they work hard enough. That America is not a country based on a fixed hierarchy. We're supposed to be moving away from that, not embracing it. You don't get to blame Trump for a riot that was planned and coordinated in advance by well-paid FBI informants radicalizing desperate people on the fringe. You don't get to use all of your lawyers to attempt to intimidate or threaten any lawyers who might represent Trump. You don't get to attempt to take Trump's name off the ballot and prevent American citizens from voting for him. Enough. But right now, the GOP is not channeling Michael Corleone. Many of them have become demoralized and ashamed, buying into the nonsense media narratives about Trump. Trump is brash and unpredictable, a wild thing that makes him sad for the GOP of old. The stodgy Paul Ryan conservatives, who were buttoned up and clean. They hid in the shadows that governed from behind closed doors. Well, sorry, that GOP is dead and gone. The America First GOP is trying to tell the guys in the cigar room and suits that the huddled masses are banging on the castle walls. Are you really going to throw away an energized grassroots movement like MAGA? Who is going to turn out for your better candidate? Paul Ryan's Boy Scout troop? That old GOP is so demoralized that they're willing to hand America over to a full-blown cult that hates this country, that wants to tear it down to the studs and rebuild it as an identity-first woketopia, where we all have to be ashamed of Thomas Jefferson, ashamed of our Declaration of Independence, ashamed of our history, much of which was good and admirable and worthy of celebration. In the glorious film The Edge, written by David Mamet, Anthony Hopkins lays out what often lead men to die in the wilderness because they're too ashamed of their bad choices and the mistakes they made to get them there. What do they die of? They die of shame. I once read an interesting book. It said that uh, most people lost in the wilds, they, they die of shame. What? Yeah. See, they die of shame. What did I do wrong? How could I have gotten myself into this? And so they sit there and they die. Because they didn't do the one thing which would have saved their lives. And what is that, Charles? Thinking. How can any Republican think any of this is okay? No matter what you think about Trump. How can you let this be our America? And why aren't you fighting harder to put a stop to it? Now is the time to rally around Trump and say, enough. Suck it up for the betterment of the country and future generations. If the GOP blinks this, all of what we've seen them do to Trump and MAGA will be all of our new normal. And for that, they will all be forced to hang their heads in shame. This is what insurrection looks like. All of these protests we saw leading up to January 6th came from the left. They were not punished, they were rewarded. Their protests helped fortify the system. They were used to point out to the American people that this was what they were supposed to want because the angry mob told them so. And if they didn't, there would be more mobs, riots, and marches. Michigan. 
What had been a day of relatively peaceful protests ended like this in a street just outside the Capitol. State police wrestle one man to the ground. Another officer in the background shoves a young woman to the street. It all began a couple hours earlier inside the rotunda. Some 70 people vowed to stay inside the Capitol until their complaints about the governor's budget plans are heard. So this is the only way that we're going to have to have a voice. But Capitol Police warned them they would not be allowed to stay the night in the rotunda. When a handful of the protesters argued, police made their first move, arresting six of the protesters and dragging them out of the rotunda. That was warning enough for most of the rest who left peacefully. All but five. Who Wisconsin. Black Lives Matter, protests against Trump's inauguration. Vicious attacks against Trump supporters. The Women's March, the Climate March, Protests against Justice Kavanaugh. These are live images, folks, at the doors of the Supreme Court, where you can see protesters have gathered. They are demanding that their voices be heard as they anticipate who will what who the person who will be a new Supreme Court justice. Judge Brett Kavanaugh be sworn in here any moment. In a bigger picture, you can see approximately how many people who have gathered there. It looks like there are dozens, and they are chanting. Kavanaugh has got to go, is what I'm hearing them say. You see, there is high security there. As we look at these pictures, I, I want to bring in with me here Ariane DeVogue and Julie Pace. Ariane, when you look at these pictures, having covered the Supreme Court for so long, have you ever seen anything like this? Well, I'll tell you this, you're usually not allowed on those stairs. You're not allowed up there. We did see the night he was nominated, there was a peaceful uh, protest where people were allowed to stand and uh, sit on those stairs. But we haven't seen anything like this. And why it's particularly interesting is we believe that he's going to be sworn in behind closed doors with uh, Chief Justice John Roberts giving him one oath. Protesting uh, against the Dobbs decision, which included a death threat against Justice Kavanaugh. The summer of 2020, the Tennessee Three. Cry, bitch. The only one of these protests that was treated like terrorism against the United States was January 6th, a riot planned in advance and known by the FBI, yet too convenient of an opportunity to paint MAGA 
as the violent extremists and hand absolute power to the Democrats. What couldn't they do after that? This is the moment to say enough. We're done. No more. You can't treat our citizens this way. You can't treat a political candidate this way. Just because he challenges what has become a stagnant, oppressive, dysfunctional swamp. Four indictments, really? Kicking him off of social media, really? Censoring the Hunter Biden laptop, really? If you paid attention to the Twitter files and all that they exposed, if you know how they rehearsed the media's reaction to the Hunter Biden laptop story with so-called journalists, if you knew about the Stanford program to censor political speech by conservatives and how they censored and policed thought online by using big tech as a filter, how they've overtaken Google and Wikipedia and YouTube, you would see what I see. You would see the real insurrection. President Biden had the gall to attempt to control Internet Service Providers, or ISPs, to control speech. The FCC is now voting on this. There is no bottom. What they want to do is force all of us to accept their version of America, their version of the 2020 election. Federal Communications Commission Commissioner Brendan Carr is calling the Biden administration's digital equality plan for all internet services and infrastructure an awful power grab. He said, President Biden's plan hands the administrative state effective control of all internet services and infrastructure in the country. Never before in the roughly 40-year history of the public internet has the FCC, or any federal agency for that matter, claimed this degree of control over it. Indeed, President Biden's plan calls for the FCC to apply a far-reaching set of government controls that the agency has not applied to any technology in the modern era. Carr previewed an important FCC vote about whether to implement the president's plan. Carr explained that the Biden administration's broadband policies are failing and the costs of building internet infrastructure in this country have skyrocketed due to his economic policies. The commissioner said President Joe Biden has chosen to blame the private sector and free market capitalism itself for the administration's own policy shortfalls. Carr went on to say the Biden administration's plan empowers the FCC to regulate every aspect of the internet sector for the first time ever, saying the plan is motivated by ideology of government control that is not compatible with fundamental precepts of free market capitalism. If passed, the FCC would be empowered for the first time to regulate every ISP's service termination term, use of customer credit, account history, credit checks, and account termination. Among I could see them rigging the 2020 election the minute they began gaslighting us about the protests. Then I watched them change the dates in the swing states and watch them collect giant bags of ballots to be counted later, with many of the regulations usually in place that rejected ballots eliminated. They would spend a billion dollars to drag Biden over the finish line, and even if they did nothing illegal, it was the most corrupt election of my lifetime, and I left the Democratic Party because of it, yet we're not even allowed to discuss it because of the Reichstag fire that was January 6th. The only thing that has allowed them to get even this far is that many in the GOP are thumbsuckers lost in the wilderness who would rather die of shame than unite with MAGA and fight back. Stop them now or spend the next 20 years or so watching them do the same thing they did to Trump to MAGA. 
Stop them now or spend the next 20 years or so watching them do the same thing they did to Trump and MAGA to you. Watch them lie about you, indict you, persecute you, and attempt to put you in jail for your ideology. Watch them dump your social media network like they did with Parler. If they get control of the ISPs, that's exactly what they will do under the guise of hate speech and disinformation. No matter what you think about Trump, the way he has been treated since he dared to run for president should scare and wake up every American. That they've weaponized the entire government and justice system and the entire legacy media should disgust and enrage every American. It's time to say enough. That sunny day in May, I was filled with hope as I lunched on paella and cream puffs and sipped champagne with my fellow Biden supporters. I felt hope for the first time. Hope to get back everything we thought we lost back in 2016. Hope that we could continue our fight for the climate. I knew who I was and where I belonged. I've never felt so necessary, so important. One year later, it would hit me like a ton of bricks. We were never the good people we pretended to be. We were the monsters. I was spending all of my time trying to keep in power an administration that went along with stuff like this. Podcast listeners, a tweet from Kim Lee that says, Donald Trump's only sister, Marianne Trump Barry, dead at 86. And Kim Lee, who comments by saying, Dear God, wrong Trump, try again. Sincerely, sane Americans. As we ready for another brutal election season, I have to wonder who is worse. Those who have overthrown this flawed but beautiful country of ours to remake it as a totalitarian dystopia for those who don't have the courage to defeat them. Thank you for listening to my Substack, sashastone.substack.com. And remember, to thine own self be true. On a mountain and a valley far below On the mountain was a treasure Buried deep beneath the stone And the valley people swore They'd have it for their very own Go ahead and hate your neighbor Go ahead and cheat a friend Do it in the name of heaven You can justify Soldier rides away
Thank you all very much.